John Legend last night on the uh, Prince Tribute. We're playing those tunes throughout the afternoon. Thanks for checking us out. Chad Hartman here on News Talk 830 WCCO. It's time for Playing Politics, this partnership between WCCO Radio and the Star Tribune. John Rash and DJ Tice are with us. Both are on the Center Point Energy Home Service Plus Hotline. Thank you, gentlemen. Hope you're well. DJ, I'm going to talk, start with you, sir. Uh, about 20 minutes from now, Governor Walls is going to announce a partnership with the U of M, Mayo Clinic, other health partnerships in the state to increase testing dramatically. I'll start with you, Doug, and then, John, you jump in. What is your feeling about how that's going to change the political climate? And the acceptance that might get from everyday citizens who are trying to walk that line of respect towards the virus and also wanting to edge closer to normalcy. Well, I think by and large, it's a a greater regime of testing is going to be welcomed uh, pretty much across the board, uh, particularly to the extent that it can, you know, begin to make some additional relaxation of, of the restrictions possible. This has been the governor's theme for some time now that that testing was really the key, that if we could get up to the you know the benchmark he's offered is upwards of five thousand tests a day, that we could start to, you know, get a much clearer picture of the extent and shape of uh of this epidemic in Minnesota, as well as identify people uh, who uh have had and are presumably immune or resistant uh, to the disease, uh, as well as, you know, people who are currently capable of, uh, of spreading it and trace their contacts, you know, and really start to strategically uh, isolate the people who need to be isolated and let others return to a bit more normalcy. I think all of that will, uh, you know, be, as I say, welcome across the board. Uh, you know, there, there may be more patience for how long it'll take to really make a difference in some quarters than others, no doubt. John, what do you think? Often in these highly divisive times, when you have two sides to an issue, it means they want a different outcome. And here, conversely, everyone wants the same outcome, which is they want to get as back as quickly to what they considered normal as soon as the state and the nation and the world can get there. And what every health and political and sociological expert will say is that the two are completely interrelated. Getting the economy back open up and people's lives back to normal is specifically driven by the response to the pandemic itself, to the coronavirus. And so more testing is essential. This is very good news, reflective of the leadership coming from the governor and his colleagues, as well as really essential institutions in Minnesota here, Mayo Clinic, University of Minnesota, and others. I think that where the next really big split may lie is in contact tracing, which is incredibly important once you get the results of these tests. And countries that have been the most successful, South Korea in particular, have been able to get really good data from testing and then be able to trace who the individuals have contact with. Mm-hmm. Given there are society and the pushback against the stay-at-home orders, the idea that 
you know, some people will accept contact tracing or be cooperative with it seems to be the next uh, element of, of conflict in this incredible story here. So let's hope that, you know, those that unfortunately do contract the disease out of concern for their friends and families and society at large will agree that the importance of contact tracing is for everyone. So let's pivot then, DJ, to the protests. The protests certainly were a large story in our state late last week. They continue to be a part of the story. The president, to the shock of no one, is is walking two lines here, right? At times he's saying it's up to the governors. You make the call. Then it's liberate Minnesota included. Then it's, hey, had a great phone call with Governor Walls. More reporting from multiple outlets the last couple days that many of these protests have been organized by conservative groups, some of them with direct ties to the White House, which doesn't surprise us because if if there was a Democrat and there was a uh, reversal in the White House, it wouldn't shock me if uh, Democrats were part of an, an opposite-style so- protest. Where do both of you guys sense we're headed for the next couple weeks with protests when we are seeing some states, most notably right now Georgia, move even further than the governor's guidelines, the president's guidelines on opening things up. Doug, you go first. Well, I, you know, I think that the uh, political struggle is is joined to some degree here and and can't really be, uh, you know, put back in the in the bottle. Uh, there is a political element to this, and yes, as you suggest, the president, you know, is a, a master of switching positions uh, daily, hourly, and somehow making it. Uh, work for him, you know, to uh, uh, we've just seen it on the immigration uh, announcement where he's going to ban all immigration. And then the next day, it turns out not so much. And meanwhile, you know, he's gotten uh, 24 hours of, of debate on the subject. And he's doing that. He's doing that here. I think that, of course, these uh, the, these protests are, are are putting pressure on these governors. I think that it has put some pressure on uh, Governor Walz. Uh, some are resisting more than others. I think that will continue. I do think that the more progress can be made on the testing front and on the actually uh, reducing some restrictions, you know, the more it will take some of the energy out of that uh, out of that protest. And you know, I've had enough experience with protesting myself and my youth and watching over the years, there's an element of, you know, sort of popular, uh, I want to say enjoyment in the process of of protesting, especially in a situation like this where people are a a little bit stir crazy. Uh, You know, it, uh, it, it feels like you're part of something larger than yourself. Uh, It feels like you're fighting for a cause uh, and it's it, it's just kind of a gratifying experience. I think that's part of all these protest movements. But a little bit goes a long way, and especially if we start to see hotspots develop uh, with some infections, I think that could uh, that could take the uh, pleasurable aspect out of it in a hurry. John, how about you? The protests are generally against the government and governors, particularly in democratic states, fomented by President Trump 
and these conservative groups that you mentioned, including a prominent one, a pro-gun one, located here in Minnesota. And so the disruptive element to the disruptions of the protests have been these iconic images of nurses in scrubs standing stalwartly and silently in front of the protesters, most famously in Denver, in front of a pickup truck where a woman was leaning out the passenger side with a USA T-shirt mm-hmm. and talking and holding a sign about freedom. And the nurses are reminding them and the country's conscience that freedom is also the freedom to not die of this disease and to not have the economy go with it, and that it's incredibly important that we keep social distancing measures within reason and within data, which is what Governor Walls and so many others across the country are trying to do. I concur with Doug that some of the steam may be taken out of this with the testing here, particularly in Minnesota, because to the degree that it shows that, yes, indeed, we can slowly roll back the economy or roll the economy back open, that'll be welcomed by everyone. And conversely, if it shows that a remarkable number of people are walking around asymptomatic, that might really change the debate as well. And so I think that this always has and should be a data-driven debate, and hopefully we'll have more of that, particularly with the announcement today at 2 o'clock. All right, we're going to jump in. That announcement is coming in 10 minutes. You'll hear it right here on WCCO Radio. We'll make this a short break. Come right back with John Rash and DJ Tice from the Star Tribune. Plain Politics, Star Tribune, and WCC Radio. Hartman, Rash, and Tice with you. All right, DJ, let's talk about state costs here because an extraordinary amount, an extraordinary amount of money uh, the states are spending right now, in particular the states hit hardest, a New York, a New Jersey, a Massachusetts, a Michigan. But Minnesota's going to face it also. The difference with the federal government, you can be $25, 26000000000000 trillion in debt, and states have to balance their budgets. Mitch McConnell today, the majority leader, was on with Hugh Hewitt. He cited states that have twofold, right? Higher public employee pension costs and also the pandemic and encourage the states to declare bankruptcy rather than giving them another bailout. Is that where we're headed? Are we headed for the 50 states declaring bankruptcy as opposed to another enormous infusion of cash coming from the federal government? Well, I hope not, and I doubt it. Uh, There may be some states that are in such a level of fiscal distress. Um, you know, Illinois comes to mind, but uh, there are others. There may be some that are in such a condition that that would begin to, to you know, look like the, uh, uh, the best way to resolve it. I think for the large majority of states, though, that that would be far more harmful yeah. and disruptive to the financial system uh, than, uh, frankly, more, uh, more deficit federal spending. Uh, which has problems, obviously, but those problems can be dealt with over the course of time, Uh, whereas massive uh, bankruptcies by a large number of states, uh, you know, sounds like a recipe for uh, financial collapse. John, I'm with DJ. I mean, I I just cannot imagine all the complications, all the permutations, also what it says to the rest of the world 
if 41 of the 50 states are declaring bankruptcy as opposed to writing another check? And let's not forget, those checks all matter. And, and, and our debt is extraordinary. But I can't imagine this happening with the bankruptcy side. Can you? I completely concur. And I think that regardless, the federal government would end up writing a check because the chaos that would ensue because of this and the continuing economic collapse would be reflected in unemployment or other social spending measures that the federal government would have to step in for anyway. So if this is Leader McConnell's idea that the feds don't write another check, I think that he's got a check for a a different perspective. In particular, you have many Republican governors, you know, who probably were just as shocked as anyone to hear him say this. And it's not just a short-term issue. It can have, of course, a long-term impact in terms of the interest rate that states pay Mm -hmm. when they borrow money for really needed infrastructure improvements, just as one example. So my sense is, is that he floated this out there, but I don't think that it's going to go anywhere. John, I probably only have time for you on this one, um, about a minute to go. Joe Biden is almost $200 million behind in fundraising right now to the president. How much does that matter right now? matters, but it's not going to be the decisive factor. The, this is going to be a referendum election on President Donald Trump in the next six months with what happens with the pandemic and how people perceive his response is going to be the key issue, if not the only one to a lot of people. And so to the degree that Vice President Biden can continue to push that aspect, Americans already clearly have a whole lot of data points beyond advertising, which is what a lot of that money would go toward in terms of of, uh, making their decision. DJ, same for you. Yes, I think a much greater disadvantage uh, for Biden is the president's ability to generate free media, uh, both because he's the president and because he's Donald Trump. Um, you know, who uh, who just dominates the, the media narrative like no human being uh, I've ever seen. Gentlemen, great stuff. Uh, stay safe, and we'll uh, talk next week. Thank you very much. Thank you.